You are listening to Think Funny with Aaron Donnelly, Nate Sadler, and Matt Donnelly. For show notes and to check out Aaron's books, please visit AaronDonnelly.com. And now, the show that only thinks it's funny, the Think Funny Podcast. Welcome to Think Funny. This is Aaron Donnelly. I'm here with my co-host, Nate Sadler. Hey, everybody. And Matt Donnelly. How are you doing today? And today we are deciding to talk about memes. When's the first time you guys ever heard of a meme? What's a meme? <laughs> I, I think my first experience, Aaron, was, do you remember years ago we did the LOL pastors deal? Yeah. I, I didn't even know they were called memes back then. Did you right. know they were called memes? No, I didn't know that word. We did a bunch of, uh, they were like the I can has cheeseburgers, except they were trying to make fun of uh, Christian pastors and things. And and then there was one that I actually used in my book, which was Noah pointing out at the rainbow and saying something like, this makes me feel gay, just really, really gay. And, uh, and it said rumors persisted for many hundreds of years, yep. even though he meant it in a Flintstone-y song kind of way. <laughs> There was one that was an old painting of the march of around Jericho with trumpets, and you had written, Okay, boys, for this next one, let's do Whipped Cream by Herp Albert and the Tijuana Brass. So the meme itself, I did a little bit of research on like the internet history of memes, but the actual definition of a meme, or the first time that a lot of people recognized that it was used, was in 1976 with Richard Dawkins' book called The Selfish Gene. And he created it as a, a word to define the, um, well, he was talking about evol- evolutionary process with genes transmitting information down through you know progeny. Wow, so this is, this is the Richard Dawkins, the uh, renowned atheist? Yes. Yeah. So he was describing how uh, evolution through natural selection worked that way, but he also said there's also a cultural type of evolution uh, through a similar natural selection that happens as information is transferred down uh, through generations and in the form of what he called memes. Um, so it's similar to like genetic material or DNA or information being transferred. It's just non-genetically. Just, just to, before I leave the the whole evolutionary thought process of, if you think about what a meme is, it's a package of information that's transferred from one person to another. It's almost like bef- I remember there were times before high school when I would plan out what I would say in the day. I'd plan out material. Have you guys ever done that? Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've got some jokes in the gun ready to go. Sometimes. No, I've never I've never done that. Maybe I should. yeah so i'd plan out i knew that in this class i would sit next to this girl i would have this to say i would have it in my mind ahead of time i'm pulling memes bits of information and in every situation you do that regardless of who you're speaking to or trying to impress or not you're pulling from your resources in your brain and so you're kind of like a computer your mind is like a computer pulling from data that you have accessible to you and in that way this is just a larger you know scale idea is that you know art all we're doing essentially is replicating memes or intellectual concepts and then spitting them out in a format that we can, someone else can understand. So maybe there's nothing truly original that we're actually doing. We're just combining other already established intellectual concepts into something that sounds original but isn't. 
And so then it makes you wonder, is there even like a free will? Are we just computers that are combining information and spitting it and communicating it for others to uncombine in their brain? Mm. Um, just blew so, my mind again. Think funny. Think, think funny. What are some hot memes? Like what's... I was actually surprised that... So Reddit, um, if anyone's not familiar, it's, it's a, a site where anyone can post on and share information from around the internet. They call themselves the front page of the internet. And so you share links on there, and then those links get shared or commented on or upvoted. Um, you can sort by the top uh, posts of the week. And so, for example, the top posts of last week, and I was surprised that the, the, the posts of the week weren't more fascinating or interesting. But, for example, the, the top post of last week, which got like around 140,000 upvotes, was just a picture of a cat on a tiny bed. And it said, husband said he was going to make a bed frame. I thought it was for our new mattress. It was for the cat. Boys, I think we need to get in the meme business if that's all it takes. <laughs> that's pretty lame. I'm like, this is number one. I'm like, no way. And what's funnier to me is the fact that that is number one and that there, it has so many comments. What, why even yes. bother to comment on that? It is not funny. It is not interesting. There, there's right. no redeemable qualities to it. But I think the comments section of Reddit has, is a culture of its own. So it's oh, not just yep. people saying, oh, I like it. It's people trying to spin off and be funny. So there was one that was a guy standing in his front lawn that said, I'm 41 years old and I finally bought my first house. Get off of my lawn. The lawn itself was like, uh, yeah, it was all sporadic, like the grass was patchy and everything. Mm -hmm. But in the comments section, it's almost like it's not necessarily about that. It's about trying to make it as funny as possible. Like someone had written a uh, lawn pattern baldness. And then below that was like, they'd make puns as you went down. So it's almost like a conversation within the comments, not necessarily the topic itself is that great. It's almost like it was a celebrity roast type thing. It's like, yeah. who could get the best roast in on the guy? And that's like with every meme. Yeah, it's uh, you take the meme and it's not just face value. And then a lot of memes are just rehashes of other memes. And so they have this long history of development uh, cycle that they go through. The meme initially gets introduced, it gets popular. And then there's all these variations on the meme, sort of like inside jokes for people that already knew the meme. And then, and then finally it burns out. Do you have trouble with the foreign memes? Because those I really don't get. Memes are banned in the European Union. Did you guys know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, they actually did ban them. Like their intellectual property of the creator of whoever did them. So I don't know how they enforce that, but I guess whatever you use to try and share that image can recognize it. It's like when you try to use copyrighted music, you know, it, it, right. it immediately recognizes it and it takes it down. It does the same thing. And it says this meme is not allowed in your country or something. So I was wondering why I didn't see many memes from, uh, from the European countries other than the Eastern, uh, Eastern European countries. Last time you were in Liechtenstein, you were wondering why you weren't seeing any memes. <laughs> I was, I was like, this, something's weird. Something's off here. You were, you were looking at all the beautiful castles and also thinking, there's a disturbing lack of memes here. So Reddit itself, there's lots of sites that have this kind of format, not necessarily this format, but are focused on memes. Reddit, I heard, was the third most visited website in the United States, probably after Google and Facebook, I would assume. Um, but beyond that, there's one called 4chan, which is kind of more underground it's kind of where a lot of memes start out if you look if you pull it up it's it looks like it's from the 90s almost it's like it's not 
pretty. That's where you're going to find all your Pepe the Frog memes. I don't know if you guys right. are familiar with who Pepe the Frog is, mm-hmm. but right. it's more of your underground, dark web type weird. So another one I actually visit all, I'd probably check out every day is Nine Gag. First of all, on 4chan, you can get pretty like not safe for work stuff. 9gag at least blocks that, and it's it's consistently pretty funny and interesting. And I think that memes are popular even because of the way that we sort of ingest material through iPhone scrolling. It reminded me of an old interview that I'd heard Seinfeld do before uh, Seinfeld's show took off. And he was describing what a joke, why a joke works. And he was saying that you are on one side of the cliff, the, the audience, and you want to get them to the other side of the cliff. And the little jump that, that you have to make them do to get to the other side is the joke, is the catch of the joke. There's a little bit of a rush to it. If the cliff is too far away, you can't get them to make that jump. And if it's too close, there's no thrill. But memes are like these very small, like one will not probably make you laugh out loud, but it's a series of very small uh, cliff-to-cliff jumps as you scroll down. And you can see people looking at them like in public or airports or whatever, and people that have no expression on their face, but they're obviously getting entertained or an enjoyment out of that. It's the series of small thrills of this uh, comedic setup and punchline and jump. What I find appealing is there's something very binary about it and quick like you it's either yes or no like you see it and you immediately think it's funny and laugh or you scroll right by and it's right you forget about it so i took i what i did was i copied all the top 25 links of the titles of these memes from reddit and i just started free sort of just thinking and typing out what i was thinking as as like the first one was the cat in the bed frame and so i wrote i think cats on the internet are played out and we oh, give cats yeah. too much credit. Like my in-laws, their cat will literally jump up onto an end table and like fart and lay there. And it will be the hugest reaction. But because cats don't do anything. And so then I jumped around to, I had, you guys, Matt, I was trying to do a t-shirt business because I thought I can come up with unique t-shirt ideas and stuff. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I had one called Sane Cat Lady. And I thought that could catch on. Sane cat lady on a on a t-shirt so, or mug so it's a or something. Picture of like a like a cat lady with very like rational, well thought out quotes. <laughs> I don't know. I just had like a a drawing of a cat. <laughs> yeah, you could put a quote a on. Yeah, you could put a quote on the back, like a really nice one. You know. I actually think you'd be really good at that, Aaron. Don't don't give up that dream. No, I think that I could do it too. But here's the deal with that. Now it's so everything on the internet is so uh, data. I oh, went gamed, gamified. So even on that, let's say I created something like Sing Cat Lady and it started selling, um, say it sold 100 shirts in a day. There are people that have algorithms that pick up on that. Yes. And they they create an almost identical match to it. They would create their own Sing Cat, Sing Cat Lady shirts and then market it way better than you. And by the end of the week, they would have saturated that market and you would have been left out. Trust me, I know all about this. And you'd, you'd try and sell them for $20 and they'd try and sell theirs for $19.99. Yeah. So it's completely, there's not, there's people that aren't creative, but what they are is they understand the data uh, trends on the internet and how to replicate it and market it and beat you at it. So you'd have to, you'd have to create a shirt and not put any, not put it on the internet at all or anything like that and just hope nobody took a picture of it. You should do it just on a street corner. <laughs> Sounds like a successful business. <laughs> That's a great business plan. speaking of you know uh, people love 
their cats and their animals so much. Do you guys ever read Eric Larson's books? Um, it's like a historical, not fiction, but they're really entertaining, like Devil in the White City. Have you seen that book? Uh, you mean like, is that H.H. H. Hughes? Uh, I do know some about it, yeah. And I know who the author is. Yeah, so he wrote another one called In the Garden of Beasts. And one of my only takeaways from reading that book, it was really fascinating, was that he commented a lot about how much people in Nazi Germany loved their animals and how they loved their pets and their dogs and their horses even more than their children and each other. And that jumped out at me. It's like, that was a weird psychological thing that was happening in Nazi Germany leading up to the full scale of Nazi, you know, of... Right, not seeing people as human, certain people as human. And then overcompensating on their animals with affection, almost a transference from general humanity caring about to specifically fo- over-focusing on animals. I just thought it was an odd thing. I don't know if it's applicable to anything. It just ju- really jumped out at me. Well, there might be people today that like animals more than people. In fact, there, I'm sure there are some, a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it when people say, why don't you have a, I mean, whether you do or don't, but like when people almost take offense to the fact that you don't have pets, I just, I don't know. They just don't do anything <laughs> for me. I don't know. I love my dog. I love rags. I, I should get him on here one time on the show, just, just, just so you can hear how I talk to him. I think he'd probably be more entertaining than me, so you could just put him in my spot. <laughs> well, I talk to him like memes that have developed over time so that now there's this intricate language of uh, the way I talk and the things I say to him. It's What's your dog voice? Let's hear it. Everybody's got one. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. <laughs> so his name's Rags. And so I would, I, I got Rags, then Raggers, then, and eventually right now I'm on Ragoys. I go, hey, Ragoys. And uh, <laughs> I always say, I say like, he's a good pup. Hey, yours is that Ragoys. That's your name because you are that Ragoys. And I'll talk like that, and it just builds and builds until there's just complete absurdity. And then I do it to him when no one's around. Like, I'll whisper it in his ear. <laughs> like just, <laughs> I'll do it in my car when he's not even there. Hey, baby. He whispers sweet nothings to him. A little Netflix and chill time with the old dog. <laughs> whisper sweet nothings. So do you find yourself, like you and your wife and the dog, like all conversing in this dog language? All the time, because what I'll do is, Jenny will say something to me, like, last time you didn't shut the refrigerator door all the way, and it melts the ice cream, and I'll say, Ragwish, we got to shut that refrigerator door all the way, and I'll say that, I'll talk to him about what she's talking to me about, and then- And that's it, you never respond to her. My greatest comeback for my wife that I always do now is, if she says, like, you left the freezer door open, and she goes, why'd you leave the freezer door open? And I'll say, it's because I did that. Do you leave the freezer door open a lot? No, I don't. It's just an example. <laughs> but I'll say, oh, that's because that's just because I did that. And I'll uh, just state the thing that I did. And it gets a laugh out of her. And then it gets me past the situation. Yeah. yeah. You and your devilish charm, Aaron. Okay. So the next meme on the Reddit list was a kid in the background of CBS coverage of, of uh, Cohen's testimony. And that he's was eating fun. pizza. Oh, that was good. Yeah, I remember that one. The look on his face, I think, did it for me. One thing I was thinking about was the, especially in the age of memes, why aren't we don't, why don't we see more people run up on stages or upset like live performances? Because the penalty for that compared to the potential gain in internet fame is significant. So 
like you could see like Justin Timberlake running through the uh, um, Super Bowl halftime show, and there was this meme of this kid that was just on his looking down at his phone as Justin Timberlake like passed him mm-hmm. in the crowd. Anyone could just basically go up and tackle him or give him a noogie, and you'd probably spend the night in jail, but you would be like famous. So the payoff for that, yes, I'm surprised I, it doesn't happen more. I have had That's this great exact, idea. I've had this exact thought because, like you said, it's. Uh, so what you spend a night in jail, you pay a couple thousand dollar fine probably. And yeah. you're famous it's not forever. a felony. It wouldn't yeah. be a felony. Hey, what you did to him. <laughs> yeah. You could do something stupid to give him bunny ears or something. And if you build up your Instagram follower account enough, you can monetize that. So like, uh, is it Kylie Jenner? One of the Jenner girls, um, they're both famous, but to do a she if she posts a like an advertisement like to link to Pepsi or something she charges a million dollars a post yes, on her Instagram page. They said she's approaching a billion dollars net worth. And even if you only have like she has like 130 million Instagram followers or something, but even I heard even if you have like a hundred thousand, you can charge in the thousands of dollars for I a bet. post. So how vapid and empty would you have to be to be a follower of someone that vapid and empty? The next one on the on the list, which is interesting because it wasn't even a picture, it was just a saying. Not even a saying, it just said when you're a kid, you don't realize you're also watching your mom and dad grow up. Yeah, I saw that. Did that make you think at all hearing that? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, so as a kid, you can recognize that if you get your self-awareness early, Aaron. Like I think, well, I think all three of us got our self, self-awareness early. I think that's a, that's a gift that you get from living in certain circumstances is to develop your own self-awareness is almost a protective measure. And I wonder if that's how people become funny to some degree as well. Probably. I think you have to have a higher than normal level of self-awareness to be more than a higher level of normal funny. Don't you agree? Oh, I absolutely. think so too. Yeah, because I think we all know people that have no self-awareness and they're usually not funny. So, right. There's a certain funny, there's a class clown funny, which is not Matt and Nate. I mean, I grew up, you know, you guys were older and I I would learn and watch how you guys were funny. It wasn't a class clown funny. It was a a quieter, thoughtful funny um, to where it was full of inside jokes and just little twists on things um, and it was funny conversational an idea I had and it has to do with memes is that the phrase when you're a kid you don't realize you're also watching your mom and dad grow up Um, you guys ever put yourself I always think about I'm 41 now my dad is born in 1953 so he was my age in 1994 you ever do that Mm -hmm. and think about what life right yeah. yeah, what where he was and what he was doing in 94 compared to what I do. And then when you think about memes, this is also kind of interesting to think about. So like memories, me- memes sounds like memories, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. a version of the word memory. Um, so I wonder sometimes, Matt, like if you, let's say you died and mom and dad died, and I have a memory, one of my earliest memories is of dad getting off work and mom and me and you meeting at Shawnee Park and dad had brought home tenderloins from Hy-Vee. And we had a picnic and we were on the swings and we had these red cowboy hats on. And that was like a really great young, young memory that I have. Now, if you guys were gone and maybe even now that only exists in my brain, it exists nowhere else in the universe. Hmm. And 
I just think that's such an odd thing with memory, with memes, you know, little packages of information that we carry around with us. It doesn't exist anywhere else. And you may not even remember that. And mom may not remember that. So maybe it doesn't exist anywhere else except in my brain in the entire I universe. Don't, yeah, I don't remember that. So yeah. you, just, you just blew my mind again. <laughs> you weren't there, Matt. <laughs> yeah, you were ah, I wasn't there, was I? I wasn't invited. Yeah. And it's sort of a sad, melancholy thought to think about. Especially, I think you probably, people think about it when their parents die. Like, my childhood now exists only with me. You know, it's, it's yeah. a, that's a human experience. It's, it's weird. It's weird yeah. to think about that. You're bumming out our few listeners, Aaron. We <laughs> need to hold on to them. They're, they're already listening to Conan by now. <laughs> I think I just had a brainstorm. Should we all have a little contest to see who can get their thing the most upvoted? Like give, give, give everybody a week and come up with a picture or a topic or something funny or whatever and see how many upvotes it gets and see who the winner is. Okay, oh, okay, I'm down. The way I think about trying to be funny is like, it's like you're mining for something. Like mm. you can scratch the surface and maybe kind of get at what you're getting, but the deeper you go is like the better it gets. Like you're mining for something better. Like, okay, well, this is on top and this is okay, but what's beneath it? Is there something, is there another layer? Because so many people can go for that first layer that like everybody gets. It's the Simpsons call it the Dennis Miller ratio. And I think it's funny because <laughs> it's, it, if you can make the one person out of a hundred laugh really hard, I think that's better than making the other 99 laugh. That mining there's a there's a, a challenge an intellectual challenge there that if you begin to do it it's so satisfying and you know when you've hit it no one can yeah. tell you when you've hit something funny only you uh, you know what Seinfeld also always said about David or Larry David was that he has a very strong conviction about what he thinks is funny mm-hmm. and that's the key I think is that personal conviction no one can tell you about but you just know when it's right and when you mind deep enough. And it's almost like here, like a, like a sensitivity to it or something. And I've always tried to teach my kids that too. I, I know Nate, you've also tried to make your your kids funny, and it's always been really important to me to like we were out at a work thing, and uh, you know everybody's starting to drink and get loud and everything. And I was telling the story to my daughter, and and uh, one of the girls was like, "Yeah, this lady, I was in a in a in a hot tub at the gym, and she just sits down completely naked." And so it's just like vag, like right in front of me. And she's just reading a book right there, just vag right in front of me, right? This. And then everybody's like, oh, everybody's kind of busting up laughing, you know, because they're drunk. And then I just turn after, right after it quiets down, and I go, oh, what was she reading? And that got the biggest laugh. And that got the biggest laugh of the night because that was a mining for a deeper level. And, and so later on with my daughter, I explained to her that whole story. I said, see, this is why it was funnier that way. Did you use the word word vag though, Aaron? (laughs) I didn't. I don't like saying the word vag. (laughs) It's horrible. I I like it for two reasons. Because it's so, it's thoughtful and you're steering it away from being crude. Like crudeness to me is not funny. It's too easy to be crude. Yeah. Not a lot of of put into it. And not to, you know, continue to quote Seinfeld, but one of the things he said too is that um, it's not the bricks that I'm interested in. It's the mortar that I find that's where the funny is on things. So the bricks would be a naked woman in front of you. The more, I don't know. It just, I think that, uh, and a lot of times too, if you, 
if you encounter really funny people, um, like I heard Conan say this, like he goes with really funny people. A lot of times they won't laugh. They'll say that's funny. Like they'll recognize it as funny in their brain. They won't be the one that's laughing in the corner. Like he said, a lot of times in the writer rooms, I'll hear something. I go, yep, that's funny. That's funny. Let's skip that. And it's not, it's just that he's developed his sense of humor that well. When you've heard that many jokes, you can probably sift through them pretty easily. I think I've heard a lot of these same ideas from like Conan O'Brien, who's kind of me, like the gold standard of funny. Like he always, he zigs when people zag, you know, he, he goes in a different direction and I don't know if you guys checked out his podcast, um, not to, not to shill for someone else's, but it's much better than this one. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> stop. Li- if you're listening, stop listening turn it off, and go to Conan's podcast. But I just love, like, he never go like Aaron. That's what's funny about you, Matt. You have a great sense of humor. Like you, you don't go for that easy kill. You're going to zig when people zag and that's funny. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> How does that do for you? <laughs> I think that's that was a zig. I, I might've been. Oh, a how about this one? <laughs> Can you do 30 minutes of the fart noise? You've been listening to more fart noises this week, haven't you, Aaron? <laughs> because you only had one last week. You guys, I can go through some more. I don't know if you guys said any. The, the next one is a cat. My cat likes to walk on her wheel while I'm on my exercise bike. The way she looks at me makes my heart melt. And that just made me think, like, when cats or animals look at you, they're not thinking anything. Cats only have disdain for people. They look, they look like they've smelled a fart. That's how cats always look. I think how I'm going to win the challenge of uh, getting upvoted on Reddit is I'm just going to buy a cat for a week and then throw it away after the week's over. Uh, but I'm going to buy a cat and just follow it all week until it does something funny and then just post it and I'll win. You know what you could do is buy a cat and post like really cutesy, funny things that it does. And then at the very end, post one of you like with a gun point blank at its head that about, would probably get viral how about upvote or the cat gets it <laughs> <laughs> like it, just say if i don't get a hundred thousand upvotes by the end of the week this cat gets it <laughs> like have a little cat guillotine and over the week it's slowly it's slowly lowering on the cat <laughs> dude i want to see a reality show with you and a bunch of animals you take care of a bunch of animals for a week and see what happens. That'd be great. I think I'd be dead by the end of that week. The animals would be fine. I think I'd be dead somehow. Well, then don't you think animals, I think dogs should come with a rating uh, based on how many days do they eat your face once you die and there's no other food available. <laughs> that that would tell me everything I need to know about that dog breed. You know, <laughs> Rottweiler is like probably, I don't know, 20 minutes, you know, but... Uh, <laughs> Well, you get another dog, it could be a couple of weeks, but how long until they eat your face? I want to know that number. <laughs> oh, cats will dig in right away. Cats not even going to wait. Cats will steal your wallet first. <laughs> there was another meme, which was just some guys being dudes over here. And it was these two like weightlifter dudes sitting at a table, like on a campus. And they had a sign that said, if you feel unsafe or whatever, we'll, we will walk with you to wherever you need to go. Was that serious or trying to be ironic or i couldn't quite figure that one out I, maybe it was being serious but i think if you took like if you had a diagram of a mountain and you took the motives of these guys like everything but the tip would be to uh 
to get women. The tip might be altruism, but the rest of it is just to impress women. What if those guys look like perverts, like skinny perverts? Aaron, did they both have tank tops on? One of them did. Okay, they don't know what altruism is then. Uh, especially on nine gag, there's a push against anti-vaxxers. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. I was wondering what was uh, what that was about. So a few years ago, I was going to go uh, do some work, and I needed some different shots. And so the lady said, "Okay, well, we need to give you these five shots." <clears throat> and she goes, "Okay, this one's Zika. This one's um, uh, this. You know, she's telling me all four of them." And then she goes, "And this one," and I'm like wait, whoa, 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 whoa. And this one. And then she just walked out of the room. And I always thought that was really weird. What's this one? What is this one? She never told me. I'm going to make your life a living hell. She did. (laughs) I've always been haunted by that. Like what was in number five? There's that. There's a lot of uh, probably abortion, anything controversial. There's going to be memes on a lot of Trump stuff. A lot of like, uh, men uh men's rights stuff so especially on nine gag do we still have rights <laughs> well i think it's a it's interesting in that it's a way to uh put out like um there's one that's really popular right now that says like men pay for everything men you know get the door men do this men, oh, men don't get credit that. for that yeah. yeah so and i think that's interesting um and in that you can kind of see like undercurrents of the way people really feel that in a safe space of a meme, all you have to do is like, upvote it, that the truth will come out as to how people really feel, even if it's uh, non-PC, through memes. Who do you guys like for stand-ups? Do you guys have favorites? I I have a favorite. Uh, Have you heard of Dimitri Martin? Yeah, I love Dimitri Martin. So smart. He's so clever. Like, he's really neurotic, and he's... He's almost too smart, but I love I love all his Netflix specials. I love them. The fa- my favorite one of all time. And as I I was watching him, and I actually stood up and pointed at the TV and said, "Yes, this is what I'm looking. This is it." And then I Googled him on the internet, and it turns out that he had died that day, and it's why they were playing a special. <laughs> and it's Mitch Hedberg. <laughs> oh, Mitch. Yeah, Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg. Right. Yeah, I love Mitch Hedberg. I thought, man, this guy's got it. We were uh, we were on a cruise once, and you know they have uh, onboard entertainment, and this one comedian was so bad. Like like I felt like sincerely, empathetically bad for him. That's how bad he was. He was on the cruise ship, so there was nowhere to go. No, no, we tried to throw him overboard, but like <laughs> it's like the guy was. It's not for lack of trying. I mean, I could tell the guy was trying, and he and I think he could kind of feel it not going well. So then he started to really press and I'm like, oh no, man, no, but it was just so awful. Like, like there wasn't even any, like, there was a few like, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. just no sustained, not any sustained laughter through a half hour plus show. I'm just like, oh. the first time I ever did stand up, I've bombed on stage, uh, many times. I haven't done stand up a ton, but I've bombed many <laughs> of those. And the first time I ever did stand up was uh, I went into this bar and they were doing an open mic night. And there was, as you went up on stage, like this bright light was on you. And the entire crowd area, which was just tables, was completely empty. There was no one there. But there was like six or seven people, like a hundred feet away against the bar. 
And so, uh, and it was after Christmas and one of them was dressed like Santa Claus, but it was like too far after Christmas to, to, for a reason to be dressed like Santa Claus. And I totally bombed. And it was like some horrible dream where like Santa Claus was judging me in the way back. And <laughs> I bet you don't regret doing it though. Uh, I walked off stage. I walked, I kept walking directly out the door. I went to my car and like my heart was just beating so hard. And I just was like, no way that just happened. Like I bombed so incredibly horribly. <laughs> <laughs> Things that I think are funny are like Matt, like one time, remember when I had an apartment and there was nothing in it, but I had bought a, a bowl, a bowling pin as like one of my first decorations. And you were like, just stop there. Just have just the bowling pin, nothing else. <laughs> and then one time when I was in Goodwill, I, at, around that time, I remember seeing this giant picture of a, like a Down syndrome kid. And I don't know what, it must've been on the wall of a Goodwill or something, but it was for sale. And I thought, what if I, I was telling to tell Joe, my son at the time, I go, this is what would be funny is if I bought that and put it in my apartment and had nothing else in the apartment. And then when people come over, I'd be like, oh, is that your cousin or brother? No, no. I just like the photo. Change the subject. <laughs> yeah, change the subject. Yeah. That's what you call a conversation ender. <laughs> <laughs> my, when you're saying that, Aaron, up to, you know, until you got to the, uh, the end, my mind was like, don't laugh. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. <laughs> it's Down syndrome. Do not laugh. Yeah. No, I just like the picture. Who? But who gives that up? If someone obviously knew that person, who gives that I up? I know that's what's, and it was like a, it was like a three by four feet framed picture of this kid. They no contacted the narcissist bastard. <laughs> yeah. No, but I like your challenge, Nate. I'm gonna yeah. have to figure out how to do that. Let's, let's put think one about there. that. Text me when you get it. I'll post it up on the Facebook page and the website, and we'll uh, we'll review the how the challenge went next week uh, as a recap. All right. Yeah. Game on. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening to Think Funny uh, for Nate Sadler and Matt Donnelly and myself. Uh, appreciate it, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Think Funny. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, and tell a friend. If you have comments or topics for the guys, you can email them at thinkfunnypodcast at gmail.com. And check out aaronnonley.com for today's show notes and much more. That's A-A-R-O-N-D-O-N-L-E-Y dot com. <laughs>